Hey metalheads, you like tattoos? Of course you do. If you're in the Louisville, Kentucky area, come on over the bridge to Clarksville, Indiana and get you some ink done at Ageless Art. If ink isn't your thing, they have a piercing studio as well. Visit agelessartclarksville.com to see some frequently asked questions, meet the staff. The shop is open Monday through Thursday, 12 to 8 p.m., Saturdays, 12 to 10 p.m., and Sundays, 12 to 6 p.m., all appointment-only spots. You can set up your appointments by phone at 812-283-1793 or email agelessarttattooandpiercing at gmail.com and someone will get you set up for your first or your next tattoo or piercing. Welcome to the night. You think you know Night Demon? Then the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast is for you. Step into the darkness as we peel back the curtain to give you an unprecedented, all-access look into the mind and the heart of the demon. We're talking band history, song analysis, studio anecdotes, stories from the road. It's everything a diehard Night Demon fan could want and more. This is the only place to learn the inside scoop the deep dive trivia, the untold tales from the band members themselves and those closest to the Night Demon story. Need more? The sacred Night Demon crypt will be pried open to reveal demo recordings that have never before seen the light of day. All with in-depth commentary by the band and the people who were there for the writing and recording process. This is a gold mine, a treasure trove of all things Night Demon. Head over to nightdemon.net or wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, Metal Forge fans? This is Alan Bishop, the alchemist of Indiana's Black Forest and head distiller at Spirits of French Lick. Do you find yourself drawn to the unexplained, fascinated by the Fortean, or enchanted by the paranormal? If the things that go bump in the night resonate in your mind, then tune into my brand new podcast, If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything. Featuring first-hand accounts, collected stories, interviews, history, and speculation related to all things not of this world. Available now on Anchor, Spotify, Google, Amazon, and more. Set back, relax, and remember, if you have ghosts, you have everything. Thank you for tuning into the Metal Forge. I am Mark Jackson and I'm your host. The premise of the show is pretty simple awesome interviews and awesome music. If you want to contact me, hit me up at metalforgeradio at gmail.com or visit the website metalforgeradio.com. And now, let's get this show on the road. What is going on, Metalheads? Thank you all for tuning into this week's episode of the Metal Forge. How are you all? doing in this death simber dudes ladies and gents holy shit wow craziness uh death simber continues this week with garrett netto the guitarist from the band sinistrum one of the guitarists i should say because there are two so he is here he is live in person at the metal forge studio he uh drove a little bit over an hour to get here 
because they're from uh, just south of Louisville in uh, E-Town, Kentucky. So seriously, check these guys out. They kick ass. Uh, former members of the band Abominant from uh, E-Town as well. You know, uh, they were a, a, a pretty decent-sized death band from there uh, through the 90s and 2000s. And holy shit, I, I, I wish they still did stuff because they're awesome fucking peeps for sure. Um, but... Holy crap! Death Simber keep, keeps going on. You know this is this was actually just like an accidental thing. And while there's one band this month that's not a death band, I think I'm going to try and keep that trend going. I think I'm going to try and do some more trend stuff like that. You know, maybe like uh, black metal in a certain month, or you know, or all female fronted bands, or all female bands, or something like that one month. That'd be pretty fucking cool. But Before we get into the episode, I do want to sit here and take a minute and say the Flame Keeper Patreon is up and running. This episode will be the first episode uh, uploaded on there for those subscribers. So, you know, check it out. It's patreon.com slash flame keeper. All one word, flame keeper. Um... There are a couple of different tiers. There's a buck, there's two bucks, there's five bucks. You know, it's nothing crazy. So let me give you the rundown of what Flame Keeper is. It's like, it's kind of like Defenders of the Faith. You know, we're the Keepers of the Flame of the Metal Forge, the Alehorn, and the Mudhorn podcast, you know, with Jason Gardner from the Heavy Metal Wasteland segments. He also has a few other cool things that he does, like. Uh, unsleeved. He he does some what what they're called is unsleeved, and they're on uh, the YouTube page for him. And he just goes through uh, and just kind of unbox does. It's like an unboxing video. It's totally cool stuff though. So and I will be doing some of those. Um, I, I'm hoping Athena in the uh, Metal Mischief and Thrashers and Destroyers will be. Uh, uh, contributing some stuff to this as well. The the keepers of the flame, you know, the the flame uh, that keeps the metal forge burning bright, you know, the defenders of the faith, the flame keepers. Hell yeah. Kick-ass stuff, and thank you all so fucking much for all the continued support that you give myself, Jason, and Athena, because we love you, and without you all, you know, we would just be talking into airwaves. But... Also, uh, I am seriously considering um, being a part of a internet radio station, and hopefully we can get something lined out with that. If not, um, you know, I, I'm really trying to get uh, episodes of the Metal Forge syndicated, you know, where we can listen to uh, episodes of the archives on there, we can listen to new episodes when they drop, so on and so forth. So please give me a shout below, you know, give me an email. If you see a post that I make, uh, comment on it, you know, like, share, and subscribe, do all that stuff, you know, join the Patreon. You know, like I said, it's a buck, it's two bucks, it's five bucks. It's, it's real, it's real inexpensive and, and the content and the quality is there. So kick ass. Um, so I'm like yammering like crazy here. So before we get into the episode as well, Athena is back with a new Metal Mischief. And this time she is talking about 
the split compilation faster than the fucking devil. Messmets and mescreants, bangers and meshers, deviants and the deviated, the tormented and the fermented, ghouls and goblins, creatures of the night, jack those headphones, crank the volume to max, spark it up. And just relax. It's time for your deadly dose. Welcome to the next installment of Metal Mischief. On today's lineup, Faster Than the Fucking Devil, a compilation album featuring Wraith, Black Knight, Unholy Knight, and Grave Ripper. That's right. What a fucking lineup. Go ahead and just like take a second, like absorb that right there. Like, okay. Alright. So I have to say, I'm not sure how fast the devil really is. But I actually thought, you know, I kind of pictured him being slow, like lethargic and a little like, you know, just Wow. Because, I mean, how fast do you think he could actually run with, like, hooved goat legs, like, this massive upper, like, torso, right? That just, I mean, like, and, I mean, that already just doesn't make any sense. How the fuck does that happen? And then, you know, on top of that, he's carrying these massive horns that have to be, like, at least, like, a buck a piece you know i mean i'm just saying i'm just saying i think the devil is slow <laughs> so although i am not sure how fast the devil really is i guarantee that the efforts put forth by all four of these bands on this ruckus of a record would earn them that golden fiddle I didn't even have to skip any songs on this album. Not a single one. It was solid all the way through. This album is laced with black metal, thrash metal, speed metal, punk, and a splattering of death metal. Every band on here just fucking slays. That's right. So. Now, the sadness, though, for many metalheads, is that this album was a very limited release, especially, like, when you consider, like, a physical format. Now, obviously, we can download it on all of our, like, you know, regular haunting places, but at the same time, 
being sold only on vinyl and limited edition, they sold out really fast. Faster than the devil. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> if you were not lucky enough to hear about this beforehand and snag yourself a copy of the chaos colored vinyl that they put out, you just got to go download it. So I'm sorry, you missed it. I missed it too. Mark from Metal Forge told me he missed it too. And you know, it's a big frowny face, but at the same time, we can still go download it. Spotify, Bad Camp, YouTube, there are personal domains. You know, you hear me, you know what I'm talking about. So anyway, where was I? <laughs> so yeah, oh yeah, looking at my notes. Um, you know, all the usual hangouts. Well, I just, I just went through all that, right? So, now, this album was released by Wise Blood Records out of Indianapolis. Um, but the vinyl was actually like a joint release by Bone Pick Records and Husk Records, which I actually just found out that the first band that we're going to talk about, Black Knife, actually the lead singer and main, main motherfucker, Black Knife, is also the reason Husk Records even exists. So we're going to get to that in just a minute. But that was the nitty. Here is the gritty. So first, let's take a second and cheers. I just want to always, this is going to be a new thing on Metal My Shift. I want to toast to the lost legends, all of those that we have lost in our metal world. So, Chuck Schulner just had an anniversary um, of his passing. Was that a day or two ago now? So, I just want to make this toast to Chuck. Chuck. Alright, now back to the business. I want to start with some local boys. Ow! The Elvis! <laughs> Black Knife! <laughs> Sorry folks, that was my fucking cat. Alright, I say local, but they are like our backyard friends from Lexington, Kentucky. They donated three songs I want to say they donated three wet wads to this album. But it is far from bluegrass roots, if you know what I mean. I mean, let me tell you, this is the furthest thing from what you think of when you think of uh, Kentucky. But I want to start with Land of the Dead. This is my favorite contribution, actually, from Black Knife on this piece with like this thrash speed punk attack this song just rips your eyebrows off and makes you swallow them let's just take a second <clears throat> it's like a, yeah, a hairball now right all right so i love the overall feeling of uh i mean of black knife in general everything i listen to besides even what's on this album I really enjoy Black Knife because they're just a tight group and they're really good at what they do. And 
I love thrash metal, and they do mix like this, like, punk element of it, which I really enjoy. I really like it. So, anyway, you know, it just puts you, like, in this good mood, like, being the second man on the album, like, it continuously just puts you in, like, a good mood. I know I didn't start with the first band on the album, but that's because I wanted to start with the homeboys here in Kentucky, you know, I wanted to, like, start there, even though it's out of order. Just fuck it, man. I mean, quick Tarantino can do it, so why can't I? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> well, where was I? <laughs> with Hellwolf on guitars and vocals assaulting our eardrums, Bast on bass and keys haunting our dreams, Messia Meister on drums keeping us awake during the apocalypse, and I mean to, to say that they are a tight group with a lot of talent is is, you know, e just easy to say. I can't even, like, expound on that. Except, I'm not going to go too much into it because I want you to go and find these guys for yourself and, like, look up Black Man. Anyway, all three songs that they contributed, you can hear each individual's influence. It's absolutely amazing. The songs you hear on this devilish rotating disc were recorded by Richard Breininger, and mixed and mastered by Jason Groves at Sneak Attack Studios. That's in Lexington, by the way. Kentucky. Black Knife is currently recording with Husk Records, though, as I mentioned before, with the illustrious lead singer, Hellwolf, mastering everything on that end of things. Yeah. So, if you are a fan of having your face pummeled, with a smile, then Black Knife is definitely it. All right, so. Traveling just two hours north of the heavy metal bunker, you will find our other neighborinos in Indiana. Well, Indianapolis, to be exact. Fucking Grave Ripper will rip you a new asshole from anywhere in the country, be it Indiana or Kentucky, so to speak. But they will rip the flesh off your bones, and they will do it old school style. That's what I really liked about their contribution to this album, actually, that old school feeling. Um, the music is not overly complicated, the vocals are layered very masterfully. I mean, it's just three fierce tracks of pure black trash. So, I have to say, all around, I enjoyed every wet wad that they dropped. Grey Ripper is a four-piece band with vocals and guitars by Chris... Palato, uh, wait, hold on, <laughs> four piece, okay, hold on, oh my god, I completely fucked that up, all around I enjoyed every wet wad they dropped, okay, and da -da -da -da. Grave Ripper is a four piece with who knows how many in the actual grave, but 
Corey Parks serenades us with vocals and guitars. Chris Palatal on the bass. And Keegan Kierbrick slaps us in the face with the lead guitar. And the driving force of Jacob Lett on drums. So, the songs that we hear on Faster Than the Fucking Devil were mixed and mastered by Carl Byers at Clandestine Arts Recordings in Indiana. Staying within the Indiana region, our third guest on this killer record is Rafe. Now, this old bit. <laughs> Staying within the Indiana region, <laughs> our third guest on this killer record is Rape. The album opens with screaming guitars and demonic black metal vocals layered with some dangerously good speed slash black metal. I absolutely love the energy of this band. It's zealous and bold and I love it. I absolutely love it. So I think we should meet the band, right? Right? Matt Sokol on blistering vocals and guitar. Mike Sazmanara. Sazmanara. It's one of those names that has a Z in it, so I automatically just love it because names with Zs are really fun. <laughs> he is on Death Defying Drums. Chris Pecos. 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 On the Bestial Bass. And Jason Schultz on Lead Laced Leaves. Oh my god, I got that right. Anyway, alright, for a piece you do not want to fuck with. It should be noted, though, that they are currently with Redefining Darkness Records. Also, though, donating three songs to this wet wad pile. I think it was definitely a wise way to kick off the album. Actually, I think it, the placement of each band and the songs chosen were all really well done, uh, well placed, and well thought out on the album. So it flows really well. Like, I mean, starting with Wraith and Black Knife and the Grave Ripper and then finishing off with Unholy Night, which we would get to in just a minute, I promise. But, I really like the way they laid everything out because I think the bands flow really well. Um, so, I gotta say though, for... Alright, it's a hard one because all the songs are really good, but I'm gonna have to go with Call Me the Destroyer was my favorite. That one, I mean, there's like this evil little laugh at the end, and it's like this really rotten cherry on top. You know, it's like this beautiful little, like, 
love, I just love like the, the thrashing, marching, 1985's like vibe so fucking much. My neck was already getting a workout by the third fucking song of this album. So, we're gonna take just a quick little like 420 pause. Because, wait, there's more. That's right. Our fourth contributing wet wad dubber is Unholy Night. Hailing from Moscow, Russia. So, now, you know my brain automatically does this thing where it goes, okay, we were just in Kentucky and Indiana. How the fuck did we end up in Russia? Um, you know, I'm not sure. I, this one took me off guard, but I have to say it's definitely a welcome addition to this gathering of the wicked for sure. Absolutely. I don't care how Russia ended up on here. You know, we're all not very happy with Russia right now, but we're not going to blame Unholy Night for that. I'm sure they're not happy with it either. Because fuck dictatorship. Fuck you. Anyway. Back to it. <laughs> this one took me off guard, but it was definitely a welcome addition. So, Unholy Night comes out of like the pure darkness with a ferocity that is just, I mean, it's destructive and it's pulverizing. And although they only contribute two songs to this album, the fact that they like round out the album at the end is perfect for me. I think they were perfect it round off the album um it's this ferocious brain rattling encore to an album that has literally brought you through thrash and speed and punk and death and black metal and it just like rounds it all off with unholy night excuse me so I gotta say though of all of them because, you know, I digress a lot and I, I jump around. If you guys have been following me at all, if this is your first one, just, if you tune in again, just get used to this. I kind of do this a lot. Anyway, the last track is probably my favorite of the whole album, actually. Like, and I mean, kudos to literally everybody else on this album because it's incredible. I really love this album a lot. But I have to say, Unholy Night really just kind of like slaps you in the fucking like taint at the end and it's absolutely beautiful thrash metal at some of its finest moments i have to say and speaking of fine moments you should check out what is it head noise records that is who's responsible for unholy night's mischief on metal mischief so Check them out. Check out all the other recording companies I've been talking about if you're keeping track. Because, you know, there's like a little like test at the end here. You'll see what I mean. Alright, so, 
Follow them if you dare, because you will not be disappointed. I promise. Alright, so, do you want to meet the band? Oh, fuck yeah! You want to meet the band? Now, it's only a two-piece band, but that doesn't put limitations on anything. As most of us know, a lot of shit can happen in metal with one person, two people, ten people, as long as metal fucking happens, right? So, Havel Lepka. Uh, of course, I'm not really great at names, so if I butchered anybody's name throughout this entirety, please, bitch at me later, but just give me a break. I'm trying. I bet you can't say my last name either. Nobody fucking can. So, actually, that should be like a Metal Mischief challenge, I think. If you can send me your recording of how you think my last name is pronounced, and we'll see, and I'll put it on the show. And that might be a little fun. I don't know. We'll see who sends me something. Anyway, Pavel Lepka plays all the instruments. All of them. Every single fucking one. So, that's pretty awesome, right? And Victoria Adok. 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 And here we go. She caresses our cochlea with the vocals of other worldly beings. So if I have tantalized your taint at all, and you are even a little interested in anything I have said tonight, please, please, go find Faster Than The Fucking Devil. Download this shit. Pay for it on Bandcamp. I'm pretty sure Mark Jackson just bought this album for me for Christmas. Anyway, that's all for now, dear Metal Misfits. It is now time for Athena's five-shot review. I'm holding up ten, but I mean five. <laughs> so if you've been sleeping through class, here are the rules. Five shots. I needed five shots to get through the motherfucker. Four shots. Good. Could have used some. Oh. Three shots. Good. Made me air drum and bang my head. Two shots. Really good. Put that shit in the glove box for traveling. And one shot. Excellent. I'm gonna have a bang over in the morning. So. Shitty drum roll, please. I'm going to give faster than the fucking devil one shot 
I'm definitely going to have a bangover in the morning. So, until we meet again, have a most excellent time. And remember, keep it heaven. You know what? This split is absolutely fucking awesome. Because four amazing fucking bands, you know, three regional bands here. You got Wraith, Black Knife, and Grave Ripper, and then Unholy Night. And wow. You know, Sean at at Wise Blood and, you know, Hellwolf of um, uh, Husk Records and, and Black Knife. And, you know, re- the, the Wraith guys with Redefining Darkness. Fucking shit. Wow. In fucking sane all around. Like, I, I almost, you know, it's crazy. It's so fucking kick-ass to, you know, that there are so many cool fucking people around the Louisville, you know, the Cent- the Kentucky area, the Indiana area, you know, uh, Ohio for, like, Redefining Darkness that are putting out awesome fucking bands, you know, that, that shit just kicks ass, and I appreciate every single one of them, so, but anyways, I'm, again, as I said before, I'm fucking yammering here, but I do love the video mischiefs, they are so good, uh, links are listed below for video mischief, so please check them out, like, share, and subscribe to uh, Thrashers and Destroyers on YouTube. Uh, it's just over a year now, and finally, we're getting uh, Athena is getting some stuff off the ground with that. And I am like, I'm I'm excited to be a part of it, you know, because it's like, it's everything that I've wanted this show to be as well, and that to be able to have the Metal Forge is as you know, kind of like a uh, an adjacent like side thing to it you know, a partnership thing, it's so fucking cool. And, you know, the partnership with Jason and the Alehorn and the Mudhorn and all that, this is fucking awesome. And I never thought that in January of 2019, when I started this show, that it would be like this. And I am, like, ecstatic every time I get to create an episode. And sometimes, yeah, you know... Because of producing a weekly episode, I might not have something to say one week. But, you know, there's always something out there. Keep kicking ass. Keep taking names. Keep chewing bubblegum. And run out of that fucking bubblegum. And kick that fucking ass. Here's some Sinistrum for you guys.
right, Metalheads, December is continuing here this week. I, you know, this is just something that happened at a spur of the moment kind of thing, is this December. The first band in the month I had was a death band. Uh, now, you know, the second week uh, is pr- kind of a death thrash band. Now the third week of the month is another kind of death thrash band. <laughs> so I think this is a this is a thing. And I have Garrett Neto here from the band Sinistrum. Hello, hello. Happy to be here, man. Dude, what is going on? Uh, we're hanging in there. Uh, kind of riding that high with Sinistrum all year long. Uh, getting out and playing some shows. Putting out some music here and there. And uh, we're just having fun with it, man. So Hell yeah, dude. See, and that's that's what it's all about is getting out, putting out the content, putting out the, you know, playing shows, doing doing the fun stuff. Now, you guys put out a... EP back in July of 2022, yes. earlier this year, I yeah. should say. Feels like forever. It, I'm sure it does. Yeah, because yeah. especially because you know if y'all started writing stuff during like the pandemic, and then you're just kind of like, well, shit. Well, well, we're not going to do anything. <laughs> and let's, I mean, given some of the members in the band, I definitely know they're they're sometimes it shows few and far between. Especially like you know when Mike and Timmy were were doing the thing with Abominant, it's like, hey guys, when are y'all playing again? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, do you want to play this? No, not no. I think I think we're gonna wait for the next. <laughs> it's like shit, man. No, yeah, I absolutely right, dude. And it is we are the spitting image of a weekend warrior kind of band. So that kind of that's that's sort of why it feels like it's been so long since the EP. You know, we just get together once a week and and write. And many of the songs did come from the pandemic era if you want to call it that right so we had kind of been sitting on a great number of songs and ideas and when we decided to do the ep it was like let's just cut three songs and put that out and see how it fares for people so that was our that was our mindset for that hell yeah and that is dichotomy of death which i have here or trichotomy of death sorry (laughs) see i can't even pronounce things i'm just like i look at it quick you know which i actually do have and i dig this i dig like the little the little jacket gatefold kind of thing on a cd because it it, it's just cool yeah I, i think it's not like a digipack where it's got like the little plastic tray in there it makes it feel like a miniature record yeah which i I always like as well so you all played your your first show was originally canceled correct that is correct Yeah, and so it made your all's actual first show pretty kick-ass because it was with uh death angel and exodus at headliners none other than them absolutely hell yeah our first show that was planned uh, was at a it was to be at a small bar in Cave City, which we have since gone back and played just recently, and with some other local openers, kind of just getting us leveled into that. You know, it was going to be our first show. It was going to be something easy, uh, and that just due to scheduling conflicts, I guess that got canceled. So uh, it came time that our first show was at Headliners with Death Angel and Exodus, and that was a huge. It was pretty nerve wracking, but it was so fun and so worth it now you all were supposed to play another show if i'm not mistaken but something happened and you all had you all got bumped off of it was was that at z bar or something like that 
Uh, it was with. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, because something happened and it was at they showed up late or some shit. And yeah, it was at the Diamond Hall. I can't remember which of the two it was at. Okay, um, I think the one in the Highlands, and it was with none other than Suffocation and Atheist. Right, and I think Surreption was on the bill, and Contrarian was the other band. So we were booked for that, and I don't. I'm not sure what the situation was at Diamond Hall, but. They had to go through some renovation because of some fan that... I don't know the story, but <laughs> that bar is uh, supposedly shut down now. I think it still is shut down. Yeah. Uh, it's something else now, but I don't believe they're doing shows. Right. And that's sad because I've always... It's, it, it's a classic Louisville venue, and it's a bucket list venue for me for sure. Definitely. So, But those other four bands on that bill, were that was the tour package. So they got moved to Z-Bar. Oh. And I guess, I've never been to Z-Bar, but that stage is way smaller. So what it boiled down to was that we didn't have enough room to set up our stuff. So the promoter of that show was nice enough to give us the Exodus Exodus and Death Angel show. Definitely. And I've played with both of those two bands before as well. They're they're total kick-ass people. Oh, yeah. Great people to be around. Yeah, great people to be around, fun people to be around, you know. And that and that was, you know, the second time I had seen both of them this year. And it was such a wildly different experience the second time because, you know, Headliners is a lot smaller than, say, the the Madison Theater or whatever it is in Covington. Oh, yeah. And it's just a more intimate venue. Yeah. Which I've always liked. Headliners. That is what I love about that venue. So for anybody out in Metal Forge land, if you're in the Louisville, Kentucky area and you want to see some awesome shows, check out Headliners for sure because you know they've had some really kick-ass, kick-ass shows there. I mean, Guar has played there. Clutch has played there. You know, everybody it seems like at some point has played there as long as it's been a has been a venue. Yeah, and they do a lot of supporting of the local acts too. I oh, mean, everybody for everybody sure. from Stonecutters, uh, even the big dogs nowadays, Knocked Loose, oh, Kentucky's yeah. very own. So they, uh, they they have a lot of pride in this yeah, area. they absolutely do. And, you know, the the team over there, Production Simple, uh, they own Paris Town Hall and everything as well. And they just are top-notch people. They've been friends of the Metal Forge and my band Overload and my production stuff for, for a long time. And, and I just, you know, it's nice to have... You know that hand. You know that that partnership with people. Oh yeah. You know, and it's just like I I know that I can hit up uh, Billy and them at any time. And be like, hey, what can we do? What can we set up over here? You know, what can we? You know, can we do some tickets? Can we do some promos for you know some some stuff? Whatever. And they're usually pretty accommodating to a lot of yeah. that. They were sponsors of the Metal Forge back in uh, twenty nineteen pre-pandemic when this was still on the radio so that was really awesome yeah that is great they're, they're always down for it man oh for sure so again you all put out the the ep back in july and as you said you know here it is you know five months ago now and what are you all doing next are you all doing a full length that is uh the plan see when we went to when we went in to cut the tracks for the ep uh, we did it down in Cave City at our singer Scott's house. It's basically his home studio. And we cut the three songs for the EP, and we also did seven more songs. So we we cut a total of ten songs that had been uh, written over the course of the past two years. And we just thought, let's get these all knocked out. That way we can use them whenever we want to, whenever we're ready 
to go towards that direction of a full length. So I'd be remiss if I said the full length wouldn't come out next year. I really think it's 90% done. It needs some overdubs uh, to be mixed and mastered. And uh, other than that, it's done. So I think next year is a pretty safe statement as far as it coming out. Absolutely. And, you know, and that seems like a lot of people, you know, go into that that hibernation mode through the through the winter. It seems like they they write and record new stuff for the following year. Now, what's cool about it is, like you said, you went in and you recorded 10 songs. So you had seven in the holster for this occasion, you know, that you could just fine tune and mix and, and mix and master and get what you wanted. Right now, obviously, the EP is on CD and digital. Now, are you all planning to do... Of course, you're probably going to do CDs and digital as well. Are you going to try and do the new album on anything else? I would love to have that record as an actual record. As I'd final, love to hold yeah. that in my hands, you know. I don't think anybody in all of the projects the five of us members have been involved with in the past have pressed a vinyl. I think Scott might be the only one. I think he's... There's, you know, you see some Fornicus vinyls here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but never any abominant, never any effigy. Um, so I think, I think uh, we deserve to see that in our hands. You know, I think it would just be a really proud moment for us. Oh, for sure. So I would love to do that personally. Definitely, and, and especially if somebody's out there doing it for you. You know, whether it be you know an independent label, or even if you went through the the pressing plant here in Shepherdsville, Kentucky. Yeah. I can't let anybody know the name of it because if I do, then every fucker is gonna flock to yeah. it and be like yeah. and they're already backed up for like a year. Oh yeah. So it'll be even worse because it's like a two man show. <laughs> they do great shit though. Yes, they absolutely do. And it's pretty cost effective. Oh yeah. You know, it it's not cheap. It's inexpensive. And it, it, it kicks ass, actually, because, like, I love, you know, I would I did a, a lathe-cut vinyl for my band. and Just a one-thing a one deal, and somebody else bought one that I had done. And they sound pretty damn good. They're just not cost-effective to press, because they were, like, $30 a piece. That's amazing. It, it is, and, it, and for all you uh, listeners out there, this is another shout-out, not sponsored by the Metal Forge, is kunaki.com. You can find anything you want on there. They don't do tapes, though, which that's something else. You know, you're a little bit you're a little bit younger, I think, than, than the, most of the guys in the band. You know, Mike and Mike and Timmy and, and Craig are probably all pushing 50-ish. Yep ish i'm gonna i'm not gonna we'll say around there i'm not gonna date anybody here uh (laughs) uh, but like do you fall into the thing of like having your having the music on a tape i it depends you know my favorite bands ever i want every pressing every format uh that's awesome because i do that too exactly All, (laughs) all my favorite bands i used to be much more of a physical collector than i am now i would just you know, hit up the record stores and buy anything I liked, anything that looked interesting. Uh, but now in the age of digital music, you know, I do find myself often listening to stuff on Apple Music. And mm-hmm. It's just simpler, in my opinion. But I do think there is something to be said about the the vibe of, of, of holding a tape in your hand or holding a, a colored vinyl or something like that in your hand. Definitely. You know, and being able to open it and see the gatefold and the pictures. And it's, there's just a really cool vibe to it. 
So absolutely, that. and that's you know you don't get the same effect when you when you have a digital version of Trey Sombres from ZZ Top, and you don't have <laughs> the the seven layer burrito in the you know the Mexican exactly. dinner in the gateful. <laughs> I know. Things just aren't like that anymore. So you said you want to have every copy pressed uh, of of a collection. So are you one of those collectors when you do when you do have something that like if they have a gold copy, vinyl, black vinyl, red transparent vinyl, you're going to buy all of those? It gets pretty hectic sometimes. Oh shit. <laughs> you know, that is so funny because I was talking with uh Trevor Church from Haunt and he presses like you know everybody does this now where there's like you know you get like the beer colored vinyl you get the coke bottle clear green kind of vinyl you get you know and it's like this one's pressed for 200 copies this one's pressed for 300 copies your black one is only pressed for like 100 because they're the rarity now because everybody has a black vinyl yeah, right right so or you get dragon's breath where it's like a, a red and yellow burst kind of shit right and he and he'll tell you that it's like you know these guys will come on and they'll buy one of everything as soon as I drop it, and it's like, you know, thirty dollars a piece. They're not that's not his price, but you know if they're thirty bucks a piece, you know, and there's five different presses, that gets pretty fucking expensive out the gate. Yeah, yeah, that's what I love about it. Uh, I mean, for the diehard fans, I mean, I I would only hope somebody would do that for me one day. You know, but I, I, <laughs> right. that is, you know that's very expensive. Um, so I, anymore, I keep it down to my favorite bands. Absolutely. You know, there's probably two or three bands I would do that for. Oh, for sure. Every merch design, every poster, you know. Well, I like this about that concept is finding the color vinyl that plays well is also a thing. Because obviously, you know, black vinyl, for the most part, you get you know what you get with that. Oh, yeah. But there's some colors out there that sound like garbage to me. Like, I am not a fan of, like, silver-pressed vinyl because I just don't think it sounds good. It seems like there's a lot more... I don't know if it's the 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 product that actually goes to make it, but, like, I've never had a good silver-pressed vinyl of anything, but, like, gold-pressed vinyl, like... And it sounds so weird to say that, but, like, some, I think transparent vinyl sounds amazing actually really? whether it's uh whether it's like a transparent yellow like that you know like the beer color or whatever the or yeah. just a straight up clear i think they sound a whole lot better for some reason hmm. i don't know if it's like a you know a field deal there or if it's just got if it just has a better press yeah i, that, I wonder about that as well i don't think i've owned a silver vinyl or a transparent one but i i have a I have a handful of the the bright colors. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've yeah. got a, a bright blue one, uh, and a blood splattered red one. I believe that's all that's coming to mind right now. I believe, and then a my... bunch of picture discs. See, and I don't. Yeah, picture discs. Pff, no, right. I know. I, I don't ever play those. But no, they're just you know, I put them on the wall. They're just fun to look at. Well, you know, and, and here's... also very expensive. <laughs> yes, and also very expensive. Speaking of which, you know, Black Friday's record store day. I actually bought the Dreamcatcher. Uh, album from the Headcat, which is the Motorhead. It's Lemmy, uh, Slim Jim Phantom of the Stray yeah. Cats, and and uh, Danny B. Harvey, right? And it's a picture disc vinyl that has. So already you know the sound is gonna be you know like for shit for the most part mm -hmm. because all picture disc vinyl I think sounds terrible. Yeah. 
But it's also 17 fucking songs. <laughs> so, the, and, and granted, it's Headcat. They're all like two minute rockabilly tunes and shit. But it's all fucking like eight songs on one side, nine songs on the other. It's like, fuck, that's a lot of fucking time. Yeah. You know, a lot of small groove shit. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I, I wish it came with a digital download. Yeah. But it, it's cool to have that on physical oh, edition sure. as well. You know, that's that's one of those super group kind of deals. You need to own that. Yeah. You know? Oh, absolutely. And that's why I bought it. But, it. but you're right. Picture discs, you know, they usually come with a heavy price tag. You know, that I think for even for Record Store Day was a $30 price tag. Wow. And, I mean, obviously it's because of what it is. Yeah. So, so awesome. Uh, so hopefully a new album next year. And hopefully on vinyl we'll have it. Hopefully so. Definitely. So fingers crossed. Or so if that actually happens, and say you know you don't have an independent label, somebody like a No Remorse or or anybody like that, or I think it was a Deathgasm that Abominant was on for yeah. so many years. Uh, are you all going to pr- try and do that yourselves? I mean, because that's that can kind of get to be an expensive thing. It can it can become pretty costly, but I can see ourselves doing that. If we don't get syndication from somebody like um, Redefining Darkness, okay, I think put out the effigy demo a couple of years back, which three fifths of Sinistrum were in, right. So we were talking about, you know, those kind of uh, enlisting the help of those kind of really small, more distribution based mm-hmm. labels, if that's what you want to call them. But um, when it comes time to do the record, we'll have our heads more wrapped around that idea and. I can't speak for the rest of the guys in the band, but if it comes down to it, if we have to press it ourselves, right. we will. Absolutely. Know. And see, that that's awesome because you know exactly what you need to do and what you want to do. Right. Which, you know, I think everybody has that kind in music that's in a band or even on the production end. They know what they want to achieve, but it's a matter of finding what you've got to do. Having right. the know-how to do. And, you know, with some of the guys in the band that have, that have been around the block a time or six, <laughs> let's just say that, <laughs> yeah. you know, that, you know, they know. They know what's up. Yeah. So that, that's cool. I think what it boils down to most is uh, how much fun we're willing to have in this band and what we're willing to get out of it on that level. Because, like I said, we are the perfect example of a uh, weekend warrior band. We're not trying to be the next relapse artist or unique leader artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if we want a vinyl in our hands, it's going to be because it would just be fun to look at and we're yeah. going to be proud of what we created. So we don't, you know, we don't mind how many records we sell or how many people buy a shirt. You know, at the end of the day, we, we really appreciate that from all the people in our circle and it means a lot. And the, the support this year has been, it, it, it's blown my mind to be honest. Um, and I'm really grateful and thankful for that, but it's not going to stop us from doing it for fun, you know, to get yeah. what we want to get out of it. Definitely. And you know, that right there is probably one of the most humbling comments I think I've ever had on the show is knowing exactly what you want to do and knowing that like, you know, as you said, you're the perfect example of a weekend warrior band, which there's not a thing wrong with that. And now uh, you know, keeping this into relevant terms here is ultimately, I just made this connection. <laughs> you know, a couple of weeks ago, you know, Metallica announced their newest album, 72 Seasons, yeah. and the tour for it. Right. And they're all on Fridays and Sundays. 
I there's no that. weekday shows, right. which ultimately begs the question, is that what they're considering themselves as doing now? As being a weekend warrior type band that's just like, that's interesting because it's like Friday, we're going to be out Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and we're going to go home and do do whatever we do through the week. Yeah, it is really interesting to see that because they've been quoted as saying, uh, I think on the Hardwired tour, I think Lars or James said, you know, we can't afford to quit touring. So to see them only, you know, it's awesome that they're doing the two night uh, right. every every that you can only buy that you can only buy as a as a full weekend pass <laughs> yeah, right gonna, now. You're going to spend an arm and a leg on it. Uh, but uh, <laughs> literally, yeah. So it's interesting to see that. But no, I did I did look at that tour, and I would I would you know if I had if money grew on trees, I would love to go see that. I'd love to see the Pantera, um, and I'd love to see Mammoth. I mean, he's a really great songwriter himself. Well, it's interesting because Pantera is only doing they're doing that's a weird tour package because some of them are only on Fridays, some of them are on Sundays. Right. And they're not both Friday and Sunday. So yeah. like I think the Pantera uh and I'm sorry, I really hate calling it Pantera because to me it's not Pantera and I saw video of it and I'm just like it's still not Pantera. I know. I saw the video. <laughs> it of sounds it like too. Zach Wild playing, yeah, Pantera songs, covering Pantera songs, right? Because it's still Zach's tone. It is very odd calling it Pantera. I started to say the Pantera reunion, right? Uh, but I didn't, and it just felt weird. I did watch that video of the show that they played in Mexico City. I think it was last night. Yeah, and they they surprised me. I mean, Zach is Zach. Yeah, it, but I think it, Phil it, sounded really good. You know, he is weird uh, because there will be times... I, I think it's part of the deal, like, you know when he's on his shit. Like, yeah. when he's back on drugs, I guess you can say. I mean, I, I hate to call him out like that because... Uh, but it's kind of like Ozzy. Whenever you hear Ozzy speak and you can't understand him, you know he's trashed. Yeah. But when he's not trashed... He's actually very coherent. Yeah. He actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you can definitely tell what kind of day they're having. Oh, you yeah. Know, you can kind of see right through them. And when Phil is just like real deep, you know, when he's like that, I think it's when, you know, when he's when he's going pretty fucking hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's putting a lot of effort into this, though. From It's just one show so far, but I, I there was so much... Uh, feeling, in my opinion, on his part for this show, and I was I was iffy about the Pantera reunion. My biggest reason, other than obviously the Abbott Brothers mm-hmm. not being around anymore, Phil always jams Pantera songs with the Illegals, right, all the time, right, and he's always his voice is I guess you could say shot nowadays, and he just kind of does the death metal style vocals on everything. So I was kind of expecting him to do this with this current incarnation of the Pantera reunion, mm-hmm. as it's called. But he was actually really feeling it and really singing it and really trying, in my opinion. So that kind of blew my mind. Definitely. You know, the you bring up the illegals, and I I, I got to say this, because I saw him at the, the, the Slayer Farewell final tour thing oh, yeah. in Louisville a couple years ago. And it like it was interesting to me because... They're a five-piece band. They have two guitar players covering songs of a band with one guitar player. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, so, you know, Dime 
when he did do harmonized solo stuff, did use a, 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 the pedal to do it. And then they have two guitar players that could actually for real do it where the one guitar player still just uses the pedal to do it. And it's like, what the fuck? Yeah, I could. <laughs> does that drive you nuts it on does. Like, guitar? I can, I can talk all day about the illegals playing Pantera songs, but uh, I probably shouldn't. Right. <laughs> for sure. Uh, um, so because the EP is only three songs, we're going to do something a little bit different here today. Okay. We're actually going to break to a song right now in the middle of this, and then we're going to come back to some general profile questions. Awesome, man. Hell yeah.
right. So that was Death Omen. Hell yeah, man. I, I dig it. I, you okay. know, uh, the funny thing about that is, is like whenever when you all played with Exodus and I bought the the EP, I actually jammed it on my way home. I it was just like, holy fuck, this is awesome oh, because you, it it it's like. I'm into I'm into it, you know, like the whole the death thrash aspects of everything. I yeah. I just dig a lot of that, and you know, I, I'm used to not be huge into into like death and stuff, but like not the band, but the the genre of it. Yeah. And then just all of a sudden, I'm like, you know what? That I think I'm moving past some things here and being able to broaden horizons. I guess. I'm honestly just as surprised with the way it turned out. And I love the way it turned out. You know, don't get me wrong, but it's obviously riff-based music. Mm-hmm. It's obviously metal music. So we'll just come in with a riff. And that riff will just snowball and turn into a completely different thing. And all of a, su- all of a sudden, the song is thrashy. Right. <laughs> and that may have not been our intention, but it's cool. Oh, for After sure. that, you know? Yeah, because that's like the beauty part of writing with so many other people, especially, you know, Timmy, for example, you know, who's had some amazing riffs over the years. Oh, yeah. And, you know, Mike knows exactly what to put down, I think, and he's just like, bam. Yeah. You know, he's got this killer low end of stuff, and it's just like, dude, fuck. Yeah, it's interesting. And then, of course, Craig yeah. is... You know, unpredictable Very in the best much. way. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, for sure. So we're going to go ahead and ask some general profile questions about you as a person. Awesome. These, you know, you're you're familiar with this. You've listened to a couple of episodes. Absolutely. Uh, so let's go here. What is the last thing that you've done that you're really proud of? Probably the Exodus and Death Angels show. In all seriousness, nice. Wow, yeah. that, that was a couple of months ago, though. It was, yeah. But still, that's yeah, that's fucking something to be proud of. Anything I've done with Sinistrum, like we 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 played uh, our last our latest show, um, sometime in November. I already don't remember what day it was, but I believe it, it was the Saturday after Black Friday, or was it the Saturday see, before Thanksgiving? I think it was because you played in Cave before, City. Yes, with, it was November nineteenth, actually. Yeah, yeah with. Yeah. With the stone, uh, stone cutters and, and Behargum, yeah, exactly. Yep. And that was was that in Cave City or Bowling Green? It was in Cave City. Okay, yeah, that was the rescheduled show. Exactly, awesome. Yeah. And that was super fun. And I loved the the flyer for that show because it looked like an old fashioned like playbill, like a like a circus playbill. Yeah, it so, looks fantastic. I, I don't know who designed it, but it made us look way better. So there you go. <laughs> Well, see, I, that's one of my things here, and as you can notice on like the uh, the the door behind you, that I've got you know flyers that my band has played, and I just I love I've got like a ton of them in the other room. I I'm an archivist when it comes to shit like that. Oh, so, me too, man. So I totally love that. I should have snagged one of them off the walls when I, when we played there. Actually, I don't know why I didn't do that. Uh, oh, for sure. I mean, with this day and age, though, you can always just you know snag one off of a post somewhere and still print it out. Oh, yeah. For sure. Uh, what do you think one of the biggest cons of being famous would be? I think there can be an overload of publicity. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha there, didn't I? No, uh, too much publicity sometimes, man. I mean, I think uh, people's personalities kind of get blown out of proportion and it leads a lot of 
let's say new fans, potentially new listeners to kind of look at that person, you know, not knowing every side of the story. Oh, for sure. You know, and that kind of changes somebody's perception. Right. So like they learn about somebody based on like a meme. Right. You know, like the Danzig meme where he's carrying the cat litter and they're just, and they, and they rag on him for it. Yeah. Or the one where James from Metallica is, you know, holding like the shopping bags and he's in a pair of shorts and flip flops yeah, like- and, and shit. <laughs> and, and yeah, it's like not the whole story about somebody. And it's like catching somebody in just like their private life. And right. Yeah. And one, and one thing I will say as well that I just thought of, um, the more famous you are anything you say i think when you get into politics or religion or mm-hmm. something that is really cent- you know centric to your values and morals it's got that much more potential uh to divide people oh, for against sure. you you know the more famous you are yes absolutely so you know and yeah you're you're completely right with that you know because i think it was uh Henry Rollins and I was just watching this clip the other day where he talks about U2 and he's like how they're basically just a bar band because the drummer sucks the bass player sucks the guitar player only has one riff that he does yeah. and the the singer is out there writing lyrics like he's changing the world but he's really just crooning he's just a bar crooner and it's just like and for the people out there who are big YouTube fans, you know, that's, you know, that gets pretty divisive. Oh yeah. On that. So yeah, you do have to watch how, how you approach things, I guess, especially Absolutely. like you said with like, you know, if it's coming up to politics and religion and, and things like that, you know, that's yeah. for, for sure. What is something weird you do before you go to bed? I eat way too much food. Like right before you go to bed, like you, you, yeah. You know, something I will say is that I am blasting music all day long, and it's no different than right before I go to bed. Actually, you know what? The I do have a good answer for this. I've been on a huge Norm Macdonald kick lately. <laughs> Note to self, <laughs> and I'll just marathon Norm Macdonald talk shows, the Norm <laughs> Show, anything, and it, it just—I don't know. I can go to bed happy. <laughs> you know. He is definitely one of the most interesting comics in the world. He is very dry. He has a, an impeccable sense of humor when he he has this thing, especially like on the talk show stuff where he's got, he just starts to tell these stories and then say somebody whoever the host is says, "Well, it's this," right? And he's like, "No, what the hell are you talking about?" It's exactly. This. <laughs> He's like, he throws it a curveball, like, right at the very end. He's like, no, she died. What the fuck? That's not funny. You know, something that's, like that. That's what makes him so great, because <laughs> nobody else has ever been able to pull that off. 99% of the joke is the story, and there's never a punchline half the time. <laughs> you know, and, and I'm probably going to catch shit for this because of being a metalhead and everything. But, you know, it's so weird that you say that, that, that there's nobody else that does that. And there actually is one other person who is not a not a comic that I've seen do that shit. Okay. It's Dolly Parton. <laughs> I will send you some links and you will see some of the like the ridiculous like story shit. It reminds me of him. And yeah, you you then you'll get it. 
<laughs> I did watch a Dolly Parton video the other day. She met a fan in her hometown, and it was just a 15-minute conversation, and Dolly was the only person talking. <laughs> you know, but it's that salt of the earth, southern, you know, very easy to get along with. Yep. But I, I, I love that. <laughs> she sat there and said that she modeled her look after the town whore because she thought she looked the coolest. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny shit. You know, I'm going to get hate for this, but I had no idea she wasn't blonde. I had no idea that's a wig. Yeah. I never knew that. Yeah, that was something that she had said in there about, you know, who does your hair? And she's like, I don't know. It's done before I get here. (laughs) It's like, what? That's funny. Hell yeah. (laughs) If you could hire any wedding singer, who would you choose and what song? Wow. That is a hefty question. Wedding singer. Um, You know, the other day I watched a video of... Peter Steele at Josh Silver's wedding. <laughs> and it was from ni- 1986 or something. And it just blew my mind. Oh, when he's Savage Steel. Yeah. When he's like carnivore. Yeah. I think he was playing guitar as well. Yeah. And singing. And Josh was on keyboards as usual. But it just. Probably Peter Steele, if that, that was all at all possible. But of course, if I did that, I think that, uh, you know, if it were my wedding. And, you know, I think my wife might leave me for Peter Steele if that were to happen. You Probably. Know? He's just got that way, even, you know? <laughs> even if he was resurrected. Yes. You know, zombie Peter Steele. Yeah. Probably still <laughs> yeah. He's probably still got the green shirt on, too. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. His coffin's <laughs> green, probably. You know? uh, probably. But he's he's one of my all-time favorite singers. So. Absolutely. So what, what song, then? Oh, yeah. Let's say... I might just have to go with my favorite typo song and say, Die With Me. Ooh. From October Rust. Yeah. You know, such a such an interesting band. Like, is what they are, you know, that like slow, deep, and hard to uh Bloody Kisses, October Rust, yeah. you know, they're they all have a a thread of the same, but they're all very different. In the I best think. way. Yeah. Absolutely. And then, you know, just to see him, sav- like, fucking thrash Savage in, like, Carnivore in the yeah. 80s. Hell yeah. Yeah. That- and that's also really good stuff yeah. as well. <laughs> totally good stuff. Uh, a lot of people out there read ebooks. Do you think that takes away from the experience? Uh, I'm not much of a reader myself, but I can definitely allude that to being one and the same with records versus Apple Music records versus yeah. streaming you know yeah dropping that needle or putting the cd in there yeah yeah for sure it's definitely you know many people like being able to just it's it's very uh comforting to be able to sit down with a book for many people and just disappear into that realm right you know whatever it may be um so but e- ebooks definitely make things easier oh for just sure like streaming music I see mean, that's just and for me, I am, you know, I like to pick up a book and read if it's like going to be something that's a short thing for me, Yeah. you know, not necessarily like magazine short or anything like that. Like if it's something that's like, you know, a couple hundred pages, I'll pick it up and I'll read it, you know, just like white line fever, something like that. It's a, a fucking page turner, oh, you yeah. know, read it in like two days or whatever. Yeah. But I've found myself where I have really got into audiobooks. Yeah. And especially like in today's deal where 
you can have, say, Confess by Rob Halford or Biblical by Rob Halford that's about to come out, he narrates his own book. Yeah. So that's totally rad as shit to me to have him, you know, read you the book and tell you the story. It's like he's sitting next to you. Uh, you know, the Iron Man uh, audio book about Tony Iommi, it's done by Bev Bevan, the drummer. And he fucking sounds just like Tony. So, yeah. so it's almost the same. So, yeah, that's where I've really, really got into because I'm I'm an audio person. You know, this is why this is not a video podcast and shit like that. Absolutely. I mean, I can definitely level with, you know, listening to an audio book if you throw on a podcast and yeah. I do that. You know, I'll go to work and I'll throw a podcast on or an mm-hmm. audio book. And it's 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 way more interesting to me uh, than sitting in. I just don't think I can sit still <laughs> for very long. Right. You know, so I don't I can't really level with reading a book. But every once in a while, if it's like an autobiography about a band or something mm-hmm. like that, I'll, I'll get down with that. But oh, I think audiobooks are the way to go. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, that's my thing, too, is the reason I do audiobooks a lot of the time now, and especially big, long things like, you know, like The Stand. Because, you know, rereading it is, you know, because I read it when I was like 12. Yeah. And then just rereading it when I'm like 35 or, or 40 now, you know, it's just like, shit, that's a <laughs> lot. Of, that's a lot of time. Yeah. And, just so just like if i'm gonna be on a long car drive listen to it oh yeah and it's totally cool yeah have you ever been kicked out of anything you know i don't think i have other than school (laughs) (laughs) right on for reasons we won't go into but nowadays you get kicked out of school for anything so yeah for looking at somebody fucked up or whatever um, so I've got one more question and that's going to be that one right there Alrighty. because that's a good one to end on. I like ending on that question okay. because it's, it, you know, it's kind of like the end all be all. So as always links are listed below. So please give a like share and a follow. Please support these guys in any way you can go buy merch, go see them at shows when they are playing shows, which speaking of which, do y'all have anything coming up? We our next show is pretty far. It's in May, May twenty second of next year, at uh, the Highlands Tap Room. It's Metal Monday event. So hell yeah! So get your plane tickets now. <laughs> <laughs> Fly in, uh, enjoy Metal Monday at the Highland Tap Room. The the double tap. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's such a great deal. And you know, shout outs to Brian for booking the metal Monday shows and bringing in all the awesome bands that he does bring in because we get people here that, you know, the, the smallest, of the small to the biggest of the big that'll, that'll come in and, and do shit at the, the at the tap room. Oh yeah. I, I absolutely extend my gratitude to Brian Omer for sure. Love him. Do you have any shout outs you want to give to anybody before we go? Uh, the rest of Sinistrum. I'd like to say hello to Dillard from effigy. Uh, the rest of the guys from abominant, and uh, a lot of my uh, local friends, uh, Blood Curse. Oh, yeah. Free Warren, my friends in Free Warren. And uh, uh, Kelly, all the boys, Obsidian Shrine, Fornicus, uh, they all know what's up. So Hell yeah, man. Absolutely. So, final question of the day is, if you decide to get cremated, where would you want your ashes spread? That is a very good question. Probably right here in Kentucky, probably Rough River Lake. Nice. Down in, where's that at? 
It's close to, uh, it's, I think it's in Grayson County. Something like that. I've spent many a day there in my childhood there, so. Hell yeah, man. I think so. See, that's what it is all about. Yeah. You know, knowing that, knowing that stuff and, you know, going to a place where, you know, it's special to you. Absolutely. See, fuck That is yeah, a great dude. question, man. Thank you. Dude. Garrett, thank you so much for coming on to the Metal Forge this week. This has kicked ass. I've loved it. It has been total fun. I love doing in-person interviews because, uh, you know, being able to see people is, is so cool. And and don't get me wrong, Zoom is nice, too, because I can talk to people all over the world that oh, way. Yeah. But, you know, this is, this is really where it's at. No, man, I appreciate it a bunch. It's been my pleasure. Hell yeah. So, on the way out today from the EP, we're going to play the third song. What are we going to play? We're going to play Deus Mortis. You heard him. This is from Sinistrum. This is Deus Mortis.
Hey, let me tell you guys about Mercenary Press. They're an independent London label and distributor of all things metal. Mercenary Press delivers the goods from their own independent zine. Trust me, you're going to want to get in on that. To distributing various bands from all over the world, including Cramp from Spain and Sadistic Force from Texas. Visit mercenarypress.bigcartel.com to find out what all they have in stock and what you can order. And for Metal Forge listeners, enter code METALFORGE to receive a discount on your total purchase at mercenarypress.bigcartel.com. Check it out now. Since 2013, there has been a calling from the underground, from the graves of all those unholy, and they decided to make a zine to talk about all of this. Soul Grinder Zine! An independent metal zine to keep you informed on all things metal and horror from the underground. Available in both print and digital formats, they're bringing you the best interviews and reviews out there today. Not only do they do the zine, but they also do compilation CDs. Check them out at facebook.com slash soulgrinder.zine and start your subscription now. Hey, Metalheads, it's with great pleasure I get to tell you guys about a new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Ageless Art, New Albany. After 20 years of owning and operating Ageless Art in Clarksville, Indiana, Phil Garrett had a vision for a new type of tattoo studio, something that is clean and modern, sleek, refined, inviting. And he's done just that with Ageless Art in New Albany. You can find it at... 2736 Charlestown Road, New Albany, Indiana, 47150. Business hours are Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Sundays are 12 to 6. All sessions are appointment only, so give them a call and go get you some new ink. Or if it's your first time, go get your first one, baby. Hey everybody, let me tell you about the new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Unchained Tapes. They're an independent Pennsylvania tape label. They focus on extreme metal and punk with a killer approach to the tape scene. Visit their web store at unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com now to get your fill of tapes. And for being a Metal Forge listener, enter the code METALFORGE10 at checkout to get a 10% discount on your total purchase. That's unchainedtapes.com bigcartel.com Hey guys, Wesling Steve of the Wesling Steve Show here. Uh, so if you're currently listening to the Metal Forge with Mark Jackson, then you understand that Mark Jackson has a pretty discerning taste when it comes to music as a whole. You also understand that he has a discerning taste for professional wrestling, just like me. The, my show is called the Wesling Steve Show. Uh, I talk about modern and classic pro wrestling in a completely unbiased, unfiltered way. Be sure to check me out on all available podcasting platforms. That is the Wrestling Steve Show, and I am the host, Wrestling Steve. Just remember, 
like like Confucius said, uh, man who goes through turnstile in Thailand uh, is going to Bangkok. Pro wrestling. It's going to get weird as the name of the podcast. We're on season two. So you have a whole season to get weird with Frank Green and Scott Clark. The best part is there's always laughter. We have national touring comedians, NFL stars, rock stars, your local friends. It always gets weird. Weird answers. Have y'all ever snorted coke off of a 78 Pinto? No? You ain't no Man. Weird questions. Who had a bigger cocaine habit, Jock Sutherland or Kaywood Ledford? Neither one, because they stopped beating their wives. <laughs> and weird, we never even thought of. Well, no, my friend is on acid, and I sent my friend to go find a payphone so that I can call and turn myself in for murdering this guy and ruin my life. We love all types of people, but we don't love all people. <laughs> weird. It's gonna get weird. Is the name of the podcast available everywhere? And thank you to Big X Sports Radio for being a proud sponsor of It's Gonna Get Weird. Frank Green, Scott Clark. Yeah.